Live. Live on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. A new day brings new topics. Our sports talk brings extensive debate and analysis by the host, expert contributors, and callers. We discuss it all. Join us weekdays at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Hey, welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Week Radio. We've had an awesome week, and I'm excited about tonight. She knows sports with Brittany and Princess. Give a shout-out to Brittany, who's not feeling her best, so we gave her the night off. And I have a chance to get to talk to Kevin Walker and Jason Collins, two of my favorite of all time. Jason, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Princess. It's been a minute since we've been on together, so I'm looking forward to a great show tonight. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I think this is the first time, um, Jason, for you and I in 2024. So, yeah, I'm excited about that for sure. Um, Kevin Walker, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, doing well. Looking forward to uh, a, a great show, a great list, a uh, great uh, guest list here. I can't wait to do a show with you and, uh, and Jason okay. as well. Awesome. And, Kevin, I won't start with LeBron James. I'll save that for <laughs> yeah, let's get that out the way. Let's get it out of the way. I actually want to start with Caitlin Clark. I want to get this out of the way because she announced today big news that she's going to move on to the WNBA and some yeah. people seem surprised. You know, of course, there's this discussion about is she the GOAT, and Jason Williams um, from Game Day said you got to win some championships in order to be that. But, yeah. um, Kevin, I'm going to come to you first about Caitlin Clark, her season, her, her, um, her journey, her career. Your thoughts about this, and is she the GOAT, or are we just kind of tagging her and we, we need to kind of be careful with that? Your thoughts about Caitlin Clark overall. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of Caitlin Clark, and if, if you know, if you listen to my show, you know that um, that that I'm definitely a, a big fan of hers. Um, you know, even everything that went down last season with her and Angel Reese, you know, in that tournament run that they had. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, as far as the goat, I mean, I, I guess the, in it to be considered the goat, you know, you a requirement um, is the national championship. Um, she doesn't have that right now. Um, you know, I don't believe she's going to have one after this season. Um, to be honest with you, I, I, I just don't think they're good enough. You know, um, they're too inconsistent for me, in order, and she has to score like 40 points a game in order for yeah. them to even be in, in, in consideration or contention, if you will. So um, with that being said, if, you, if, you, if we're going to look at it to that and we're going to add, we have to add the criteria of her being you know, a national championship winner, then I can't. I'm going to say no. Um, but I still think you know there, there are other players out there that are better than her. Obviously, she's a heck of a scorer. She's about to break mm-hmm. the all-time record, not just for men. I mean, women for men as well. She's about to break Pistol Pete's record. I think he's like 15 points away. I think it is. Um, so she's about to be the all-time leading scorer in, in both men and women's basketball. So uh, you got to put her in the conversation. She definitely belongs in the conversation. I don't believe she's the goat. To be honest with you, I still think that you mm-hmm. you look at some of these players right. Right now, that are in, currently in the WNBA, that could be considered. Lisa Leslie has a, a lot to say. I think she might, you know, she'll be up there as far as uh, the GOAT conversation goes. Then, of course, you got um, Diane Taurasi, you got Sue Bird, you got, um, you know, uh, Maya. I mean, this is a, this is a list before. You know, there's a lot of players that I would get to before I get to, 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 to uh, Caitlin Clark, to be perfectly honest with you. So, I, I mean, she can you could put her in a conversation, but I don't think she's anywhere near the GOAT, uh, in my personal opinion. Yeah, you know, um, and that's what I was going to hit on, Jason and Kevin, is that Maya Moore had three mm-hmm. state championships in high school, yeah. two or three at UConn, and then two or three with Minnesota. Um, so, I think we quickly forget, and there's something I want to add after that, but I want to get Jason's response, you know, uh, about the GOAT for, for Caitlin Clark. Yeah, no, Princess, I, I agree with Kevin. I, I think she's outstanding, obviously. Her stats speak for themselves. But I, I do think, and not, and not to take anything away from her, but the way right. that Iowa needs her to play and allows her to play, where she just kind of has the green light and can do whatever she wants, I do think it kind of gives her the opportunity to put bigger numbers up than maybe some of the other stars that we've seen in college basketball and that are in basketball right now. But she's phenomenal, 
but as far as the GOAT goes, I, I think sometimes people can get caught um, in the moment. Maya Moore is fantastic. Diana Taurasi, Brianna Stewart, Candace Parker. And then even if you want to go back to some of the yeah. older generation, Cheryl Swoops, I mean, yeah, Cheryl Swoops, Cheryl Miller, Asia Will. I mean, there's so many great, great players that I, I could not stamp her as the GOAT right now. But she's phenomenal, and, and she deserves all the credit she's getting but the good is just a bridge too far for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I must admit um, that I've been salty with Caitlin Clark since she waved off Raven Johnson in the in, in March Madness last year. So <laughs> I'm still holding yeah. on to onto that. But I hope that fuels um, Raven Johnson. But I guess you you have to appreciate what we're seeing in her yeah. game. The problem I have is that will this transition to the WNBA? And when I say that, I don't know any coach that's going to let her go 9 of 36, take 36 right. attempt shots, you know, 34 shots, 42, and maybe, I see, well, no, no, maybe. She has the green light and from her coach um, with Iowa. And I just don't see that translating. She's going to have to find an all-around game of defense. And um, you can't tell me she can't do triple doubles because she can. She just had one the other night. But no one's going to let her take 35 shots in the WNBA. And no one's going to let her come down there and just take them from the logo like she wants and sometimes makes them and sometimes not. And that's what I am concerned about. And, and, and again, I do think we get caught up in this GOAT um, thing for sure. Jason, your thoughts about that? I think you just kind of hit on it it transitioning to the WNBA. She's not going to get those types of shots. No, you're, you're absolutely right, Princess. And I think people that might just be casual watchers of the WNBA don't realize how good those women actually are. Yeah. I mean, it is high-level physical basketball. And I, I think Caitlin Clark is going to be a good player. But I think if people are under the impression that she's going to come into the WNBA and drop 30 a night and just be running all over the court like we see in Iowa, they are sadly mistaken. And to your point, she's going to have to do it on both ends because they will absolutely take advantage of you if you can't defend, and then you almost become a liability on the floor if you can't, if you could only play one end. I think she'll be good, Princess. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if she averaged 15 to 17 a game maybe because she can – obviously shoot the basketball but um in, in terms of just coming in and taking the lead by storm that's absolutely not going to happen yeah yeah i keep hearing even on ESPN, she's an instant double double kevin and i think she is in college but again she's going to have to work on both ends of the floor and, and and find her place with the team because if she didn't play any defense they're going to eat her up and if she doesn't play any defense yeah. she'll be on the bench she won't make any money kevin Tie this up for me. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with um, what you mentioned there and what Jay uh, um, alluded to as well. I think she's going to come in there, and I think she's going to have, you know, her, her rookie, um, you know, a, a rookie-type season where there's going to be some ups and downs uh, for sure. I think it's going to be more downs than anything. I think she's going to be prepared mentally to do it. But I, I, to, to add on to what Jason said, you know, there's going to be players out there that's going to, you know, um, going to go after, and they're going to, you yeah. know, when they, when they see and on the calendar, they're going to circle. I said, okay, it's Caitlin Clark. You know, she's she's right now. I think she's projected to go to the Indiana Fever if if, um, if I'm seeing the draft boards correctly. So, and, and Indiana Fever seems like they have they always have the number one for whatever reason, but they can never you know you know n- never get over that hump. But um, you know, there's going to be a lot of hype surrounded by um, around her, um, and 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 there are going to be players that are going to go after her, and she's going to have her uh, rookie woes uh, for sure. But I think once she gets adjusted. You know the sky's the limit for her. Um, I think she's got to yeah. get used to the speed, the speed for sure of the game, and just the physicality of it as well. As much as you, you look at it and you want to say it's, it's women's basketball, it's very physical. If you watch it, ladies and gentlemen, it's very physical uh, um, style of play. And then and she's going to learn. And she's going to learn <laughs> sooner than later for sure. But I think she'll get adjusted. You know. Um, fairly quick, but she's going to go through those roles nonetheless. So I think she's going to be all right at the latter part of her rookie season because, you know, again, Mm -hmm. as I stated, adjustments are going to be key for her. But I think she'll be all right going forward. Kevin, this isn't on on the list that I gave you all, but I want to ask you both this only because I'm so proud of it. Women's basketball as a whole, college Uh and the WNBA, is next level now, isn't it? 
I mean, to see yes. people standing outside waiting for tickets and to get tickets. And, and the major um, coliseums, the major teams, they're overrunning. And this, to me, just 10 years ago, was not heard of. And, no. you know, the women's basketball games um, in the SEC were free. You can go to any of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And th- there was no charge. Kevin, your thoughts about that next level now and, and the scenes that are being made by ESPN Game Day and the fact that the level of skill sets that these women have is, is, is next generation, next level for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And when you see the, the transition of, of this particular sport, you know, starting with you know college, you know college basketball, and, and you don't, and, you know, even back then it was it was pretty much two teams back in the day that you were really talking about. You were talking about Pat Summit mm-hmm. and Tennessee Volunteers. You were talking about you know um, Coach Amanetta with the uh, you know with the UConn. And there were the two teams, mm-hmm. two programs that were going back and forth to you know to possibly win it all um, every single year. You know, UConn or the Tennessee. But now you're starting to see. Um, a lot of different teams with the capability of winning it right now. In, in my opinion, we may get there. You know, South Carolina may be the, the you know is the favorite to win it right now, um, along with other teams. And we'll I don't know we'll talk about that as well. But yeah, you, when you see it, there's a lot of parity here, and there's a lot of talent that's coming out of nowhere. And and you know, Juju Watkins out, out in you know USC, yeah. um, she's just unbelievable. Um, you know, without question. And of course, you got Angel Reese and obviously Caitlin Clark and, and so many other different players, and when you look at the top five, and I know we're going to get to it, these teams, any one of these teams can, can, could obviously win it, but back in the day, you only talked about two teams, you know, you know cutting down the nets, but I, I think we're, we're starting to see, um, you know, uh, a sport, and these women are, are starting to take it serious, and they're getting more athletic every single year, um, for sure, and their, their ball handling is the most impressive thing to me, and their inability to shoot beyond the arc as well, uh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next level, Jason. Your thoughts, Princess? It, it's amazing the the influx of just talent that has come into women's college basketball. It yeah. surprises me every year how many really really good young women are just playing outstanding basketball. I enjoy it much more than the men's college game. I mean, it, it's not even a question for me. And to speak to your point, this game on Sunday, Iowa and Ohio State, there's tickets going for over $5,000 for that game on Sunday afternoon. So the interest is there. The, the TV markets are finally jumping on board. I mean, if you can fast forward this thing like five years down the road, I mean, women's basketball is going to be phenomenal. Phenomenal. And that game, yes, on Sunday with Iowa and Ohio State. And look out for Cody McMahon from Ohio. What a baller. And, and yes, he can yes. score and, and play defense. And we didn't even mention, i got to give her a mention, because John loves her too, and that's um, Hannah Hidalgo from, from yes. Notre Dame. And she, yes. she's just a freshman. Um, I, I think the the women's basketball in the WNBA and in college basketball, they're in good hands with the, the generation that's on tap right now for sure. Something else that wasn't on the list, guys, and I'm coming to you, Kevin, um, because the guys on Monday night, it was a Tuesday night, Tuesday night, men's basketball, they were they were concerned and they were they they didn't want Steph Curry to challenge Sabrina Anescu. They said, what if Sabrina had won? That wouldn't have looked good. He would have been teased. He would have been that would have been embarrassing to to yeah. men. And and guys, do you all feel that way? Because I really thought it was a neat thing, and this was all put on put in place by Steph Curry. He said, "Bring it on, let's do it. I, I uh-huh. want to showcase this." Um, Kevin, your thoughts? If if Sabrina, who only lost by two, if I'm not mistaken, had won, uh-huh. is this embarrassing to men, or is it still a good show, a good showing, and probably the best thing from NBA weekend? Yeah, I'm going to say both. I'm, I'm going to say yes to both. Uh, of course, it was quite that question, uh, um, Princess. Because for one, you know, Steph, you know, is the, is, the, is the greatest shooter of all time. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. Um, if they're a true basketball fan, he's the greatest shooter of all time. And uh, Sabrina is, you know, she's she's a great shooter as well. And I say that, you know, it's, it's great for the sport. I think we're going to see it going forward. And we talked about Caitlin Clark going into the WNBA, and we may see her, you know, team up. Maybe they make make it something where it's it's a it's a team thing where you know uh Sabrina and Steph Curry versus Caitlin uh Caitlin Clark and you know whomever you want to you know throw in there in the WNBA but it is an embarrassment to men because if you took her score 
and you compared it to everyone who was in the uh, in the three point shooting contest, I believe she would have won it or Kevin second. I'm not sure the exact number there. So yeah, it's a, it's a definitely wow. a great show and an embarrassment to the men as well. Granted, um, it's a smaller basketball, but I think it's still equivalent because you know of the hand size. But they still were shooting from the same distance, and she and she wanted to she wanted to do that. She had the option of shooting from the WNBA distance, but she said no. This is where I normally shoot from, so I'm gonna shoot here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to you know, stomp with the big dogs, if you will. So um, a great showing there. And, again, it is an embarrassment for the men, for those who participated in the uh, three-point shooting contest. Damon Litter, maybe that's the other. Caitlin Clark and Damon Litter to team up uh, as well. Wow, wow. And my Kevin Walker's voice, Jason, what say you? <laughs> hey, Princess, this, this is a heck of a question right here. <laughs> because, look, I, I don't know that I would consider it an embarrassment to men because it's a skills competition. And you uh, obviously, I, I agree with you, well, Steph Curry, win or lose that event, I think what he's done over time stamps him as the greatest shooter that we've ever seen. But Sabrina, in her own right, is an outstanding shooter. And I don't know that. I don't know that I would say it's an embarrassment for men if she would have won because to me it's just a skills competition. Like maybe I would feel differently if it was like something where I'm supposed to be bigger and stronger than you and you kind of overpower me. Okay, I'm embarrassed. But if we're just shooting the basketball, I, I, I think I think a skill like that really transcends gender. And if you can shoot, you can shoot. I mean, she could outshoot me. I'm not. I don't think I'm going to be embarrassed by that, you know. So <laughs> I, it's it's a tricky question because I do think the male ego would, you know, kind of go toward embarrassment. But when you're talking about the, some of the greatest shooters ever, I, I don't know that I, I would say it's an embarrassment for men for her to win. Okay, okay. Because I never thought of that before the guys brought it up. And these are some guys that had played in the NBA and, you know, but they were all like, man, what are you doing, Steph? And they were just, they were scared to watch because they didn't want him to lose. They didn't want that. And one of the guys said, you know, I'm sorry, ma'am, but and I was like, oh, no, you don't have to worry about me. I'm going to say what I'm going to have to say, too. He's like, but I would have been really concerned if she had won. I thought it was neat and probably one of the best things about um, the NBA um all-star weekend and i and if we get into all of that i know i won't have time to get to everything else um but maybe we'll get you all back to talk about the dunk contest and 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 what to happen with that because if you haven't listened to the sideline speaks i'm encouraging everybody to go subscribe to it on youtube and find it because it is one of the best shows out there as far as sports talk is concerned and they talk about that and jason i like your idea i think Stephen they sold it from you but um, we're going to stay on, stay on basketball and talk about LeBron James, Hail to the King, um, his performance last night, 19 points in the fourth quarter. Um, Kevin, I'm coming to you first, just because <laughs> you, I understand, and I saw your gift statement the other day, um, So, and I saw your response today. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and let me just say this up front. I really want to go see LeBron before it's too late. I've seen him maybe two or three times um, in Atlanta and in Charlotte. So I really want to go see him before it's too late because at 39, um, I, I, I've never played above the rim. But to see him in his performance now is still just, um, I don't know, jaw-dropping to me. Kevin, I want your thoughts on last night. I mean, obviously, I mean, you talk about LeBron. Anything he does that's iconic is going to be magnified. It's going to be blown up, you know. But, you know, he, he's inconsistent. I think he's questionable for tonight's game. So this this is what I'm yeah. talking about with this day and age. And these players, man, they have one good night, and then the next night, you know, it, they're questionable with a knee injury. And then they, they go back out and they, they do it all over again. But you can't take away from that. I think he outscored, I think he outscored the Clippers last night um, in the fourth quarter by himself, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I didn't see the game. Uh, yeah, I was fast asleep, but looking at the stats and looking at some of the highlights um, today, I mean, I mean that's impressive, especially when you when you're talking about the Clippers, who you know a lot of people are you know saying that they're going to come out of the West this year. Um, 
I mean, you got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and, and James Harden and those guys. For him to outscore those guys in the, in the fourth quarter, or any quarter for that matter, but especially the fourth quarter when it, when it matters the most, very impressive. And, you're, and, and anything that you're going to do, anything you're going to get from LeBron that's going to be iconic or something heroic, you know, it's going to be blown up <laughs> way too much for me anyway. This is just me speaking, ladies and gentlemen. If you can't tell, I'm not a LeBron fan by any stretch of the imagination, but i got to give credit where credit is due. I mean, it says, you know, I may be crazy, but I ain't dumb. So <laughs> with that being said, uh, very impressed. I think he's what, um, what is he, how, how many points is he away from 40,000? 40, 40, 40, 40, 40 points 40, away 40. from 40,000. I mean, that, that's a huge feat, man. And, uh, you know, you know, you could say that MJ didn't do it. But, you know, LeBron came in when he was 18, and he's playing until he's, you know, 40 years old and probably beyond that. So, you know, it's it's a different type of – I think if, if MJ would have came out or didn't go to didn't go to college, he came out his third year. He retired twice, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in defense when I'm talking about LeBron. I gotta defend my man, uh, MJ, <laughs> quietly. Oh, <my>. But <laughs> and I know you don't like that, uh, Richard. But um, I'm, I'm gonna steal a page out of your book and be a little petty there. So, um, uh, but yeah, no, no, just just all seriousness. Uh, just hats off to him what he's did and able he's able to sustain, um, you know, his level of play. Um, you know, at the age of 39, he'll be what 40. Obviously, he'll be 40 next or just December 30th. Mm-hmm. I know that date date because we share the same birthday. Throw that in there as well. Oh <laughs> wow! Yeah, you're gonna have to do better, Kevin. We're gonna have to have not, a meeting. Yeah, no, Brian. Like my yeah, guests nah. in, in, in Club Shay Shay. We're gonna have to have a meeting. <laughs> 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 but yeah, definitely hats off to, to LeBron. I mean, again, you know, forty thousand points uh, is is unbelievable, and that performance last night um, was truly iconic. And uh, he deserves the praise. I'm, you know, as much as I dislike him, uh, he deserves the praise nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jason. A couple of things here. Um, I, I know we keep talking about LeBron's death, and that their teams are nine and ten in the playoff picture. So I know we keep we keep doing that. So we got to put this in perspective. But to me. Um, to see him get hot like this and, and then, of course, come back from 21 down, and then, of course, now he's the king. But, you know, once you do that at 39, you may be sore the next night, and I know that's what you, you can do this consistently every now and then, but you can't do it day in and day out. Your thoughts about this performance, though? Yeah, Princess, that's exactly where I was going with it. You know, almost every time I'm ready to turn the page on the ground and put that final nail in the coffin, he does something like this. And I, and I think, yeah. you know, he, I think he paces himself for the big moments, for the big games, because you're right, at 39 years old, I just don't think you can go out and put that kind of energy into the, every single night because – you're going to be sore. You're going to be hurting the next day. But the performance the other night was phenomenal, especially on that stage against that team, sort of a battle for L.A. I mean, all the stars were aligned for him to come out and have a great performance. And really, too, like it, it, it is a testament to how he's taken care of himself his entire yeah. career. All those years of lifting the weights and taking care of his body and watching what he's eating, that really has created – what we're seeing now at the age of 39 where he's not just riddled with injury. So you got to tip your hat to this guy for the way that he is taking care of his body to even be able to perform on that level. So like you said, as much as I'm an MJ fan, you cannot, you cannot overlook what this guy has done. He's absolutely outstanding. And by the way, NBA, do something with the 64 points in the play-in game, play-in tournament, or it means nothing. And he, those, oh, those didn't go man. towards the, the 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 NBA, you know, um, regular season, and is not a part oh. of the NBA playoffs. So, which means the play-in tournament and all of that is just some junk. Means nothing. It means in, nothing. In the, in the middle of the of the year, of course, you would say that, LeBron James. Okay, so now <laughs> <laughs> let's count preseason points too. Now, well, he doesn't play in preseason, so I don't matter. <laughs> yeah, he. I don't think he plays a whole lot in the preseason. All right, we're just gonna go roll on into March Madness here, and I want to get from you guys. Um, and Jason, I'll start with you and give um, Kevin a chance to cool off. Um, <laughs> Your top five in, in women's in basketball right now, because sometimes I'll go with the, the the rankings they have, but other times, I, you know, I've seen this play out too many times 
thinking, you know, South Carolina goes in the favorite. They're undefeated again. But it really is about matchups, and it really is about how that bracket falls out, and we got to get to that. But right now, your top, top five, Jason. Yeah, I agree, Princess. I, I got five teams. I don't even know if, if this is the right order, but to me, these are, are the five best teams. I've got South Carolina, obviously. I mean, they're undefeated. They've got to be in your top five. Dawn has yeah. done a phenomenal job with them. Um, I like UCLA, Princess, and I don't know that I would have them at number two, but I think they mm-hmm. have the guard play and the size with Lauren Betts at six foot seven to really be a matchup mm-hmm. problem for teams in the tournament. Um, i got Ohio State in there, number two ranked team in the country. You mentioned Cody McMahon earlier. And the way that they press you for 40 minutes in the game, that's going to cause a lot of people problems. Uh, Stanford, I love. They have size and mm-hmm. size as well. It's going to cause a lot of problems for people. And then I also think I'm going to throw Virginia Tech in there. I don't know if I'm yeah. a believer, but they, they've got the record, and, and they obviously have the big girl in the middle as well. So I would say those are, are my five in no particular order other than South Carolina being number one. Okay. Okay. Kevin? Yeah, I agree with Jay. Jay Jay and I have, you know, some overlap there. Just the only team I think he said, uh, I think he said UCLA. That's the only team that I don't have in my top five. Um, I I went with one. I I did put them in order. I went with one South Carolina. I I just think, you know, know, not just because they're undefeated, but just the way they've been playing and the way that they've been beating people um, as well. And I think that everyone's going to have them cutting down the nets in their brackets. For sure. Number two, I, I, I do agree with Jay. And I, I do have um, Virginia Tech there. Um, I have, you know, with Elizabeth Kitely there, with the way she's able to play. Um, I, I think they're a really scary team. Um, I like to coach uh, uh, as well. I, so I think they're, depending on what bracket they're in, they may be a one seed. If anything, um, right now I don't think they're in the top. I don't think they're in the top five, and you know, in the, uh, the AP rank, rankings or anything like that. But I have them, so they may be a two seed. But if they're in the right region, I, I think they're going to make a lot of noise. They'll definitely get to the final four, in my opinion, uh, unless they have to face South Carolina. That's the that's the only. But if they're number one, then then they're not going to be in the same bracket, obviously, uh, or same region. Um, number three, I got um, Ohio State. I, I agree with Jason there. Uh, Jason there uh, with J.C. Selden um, uh, for sure. I like the way they play. Uh, number four, I, I like Texas. Uh, I like Texas yeah. with Madison Booker. They're, they've been playing some really consistent ball. And they, they, they look good, and they, and they can come out of their region as well. And last, I have to agree with Jay, I, I do like Stanford um, as well. Kiki, I, I can't pronounce her last name. Kiki, um, I can't pronounce her last name. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. But Kiki is a, is a big-time player there uh, for, uh, for Stanford. So I got South Carolina, Virginia Tech, Ohio State, Texas, and Stanford. And, Princess, can I just throw a bonus in there of LSU? Just because I think LSU yeah. has yeah. may, maybe the best collection of talent. They just really mm-hmm. haven't figured out how to play as a team just yet, but I think if they get hot at the right time, they could cause a lot of problems as well. Yeah, and and, and just think they got hot at the right time last year yeah. and, and won it all. And they didn't even have Morrow um, last year, and, and they have – that transfer in a really good freshman. And you're right, if they get hot at the right time and, and get a, a forgiving bracket and I and I hate to say that because but you get it you you can kind of see how it's gonna fall out sometimes unless there's a fifteen um one one surprise or fifteen two surprise. But um mine is about the same. I included Texas because Texas lost their point guard and they they've got another one filling in and, and they're looking pretty good with only three losses. So but um, South Carolina, I, I really think it's championship or bust. Uh, you know, not only do they have the inside game now, and, and and I have my problems with Cardoza. I think she should be jumping out of the gym at six seven. But what do I know? Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you, you know, I, I think her game, her personality is soft, and sometimes I think her game is that. But now, now South Carolina has, you know, the one, number one or number two, you know, three point shooting. Um, as far as percentage in the country, and and I and I think that's what was missing last year. Um, but the expectations are so high, and um, sometimes that is that can be overwhelming to 18, 19, 20 year olds. So um, let's go ahead and go on over to the men. Um, in this house, we watch more women's basketball than men's basketball. John would rather watch 
women's basketball. He didn't watch a whole lot of men. I do because I want to see how it falls out. But, Jason, let's, let's start out with you on this one, too. Um, your, your top five in men and, and what you think is going to happen. Yeah, Princess, in this house, it's a lot more women's basketball as well. Um, and and to, me, to me, the men's tournament feels a little bit more wide open. We're almost anybody could win it. Um, yeah. But I think, for, for me, I'm more traditional with the rankings as far as the men. I think Houston would have to be in, in my top five. I would have Connecticut in my top five. Tennessee would be another team that I'd have in my top five. Kansas is a little bit lower ranked right now. I think they're around seven or eight, but I think with Bill Self coaching that team, you you just can't count them out. And then I'm going to throw K-Walk's um, Tar Heels in there just because there they're a veteran <laughs> basketball team. And when you've got some older guys on your roster late in March, that goes a long way. So I'm going to throw the Tar Heels in there at number five. Yeah, North Carolina with Baycott and R.J. Davis, they've been there 10 years. They should be ready <laughs> for sure. Kevin, you're top five in men. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why Jason's my brother for over 30 years. Good call there. Good call there. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with that. I'm going to go. I'm going to go in order here. I'm, I am going to number uh, number one. I am going, I'm putting my I'm going to put my Tar Heels there at number one. I do believe they're the number one team when they're wow. playing their their best their, their best ball. I think right now the Hubert Davis has those guys playing great defense. When they commit to the defensive uh, end of the court, they're really they're they're really solid. Um, they have R.J. Davis, you guys mentioned the uh, the, um, uh, the veteran leadership there with R.J. Davis and Armando ba- Armando Baycock. R.J. Davis can come back for another year if he wants to. Armando, you know, wow. he's, he's out of eligibility. But you know, you know, two years ago they were 15 minutes, you know, 20 minutes away from a national championship. And um, obviously last year they didn't even make the tournament. Um, I think they got redemption, you know, um, you know, on their mind, and they're surrounded by some great talent. You know, with the young kid Seth Trimble, the um, uh, Elliot Cadeau. Um, if Cormac Ryan can, can be consistent in shooting that three-pointer and making it, um, it's going to really be tough. And they have the young kid, Harrison Ingram, as well, to transfer from Stanford. Um, excellent. Just a great fit. And, and they have a, a ton of size and, uh, and off the bench. I can go on about my Tar Heels. But I got number one. I got them there. Uh, number two, I got number two. I got UConn. Um, I, I like what Dan Hurley's done with this team. You know, they're obviously the defending champions. Um, they, they boil my blood with the young kid, uh, Cam Spencer, man. He's just – He's just so annoying to me, but he's a great ball player, and they have, they have some great size. They're a complete team uh, for sure. I think they may be the favorites to cut down the nets this year, um, but they're, they're number two for me. Purdue, um, another solid team. Ooh, I think they should be a little bit more consistent. And anytime you got Zach Eady there, man, it's, you know, seven-foot yep. guy there, you know, you, you, you got to just give him the ball and just let and let him go to work. If, just like uh, Iowa gives the ball to Caitlin Clark, they should be doing the same thing with uh, Zach Eady. Uh, number four, I got Houston. I, I do like Houston. Uh, the young guy there, L.T. Uh, Cryer. And Coach Sampson has these guys. Obviously, they're ranked number one right now in the polls. Um, so I really like them uh, to, to, to you know, possibly get into, well, I'm getting into the final four. And number five, I, I do like Arizona. Arizona's not in the top five. I think, you know, they're right outside the top five. But I, I like this team. Um, you know, the uh, former uh, Tar Heel, Caleb Love, um, is out there. And they're playing really consistent ball, or inconsistent ball. But when they're on, they're a really scary team to be, so um, uh, a scary team to play. So I got uh, Tar Heels. I got the uh, UConn Huskies. I got the Purdue Boilermakers, the Houston uh, Cougars, and Arizona Wildcats. That's my top five. Okay. So not a whole lot of love for Tennessee, who's really looked pretty good. Um, I, I'm kind of rooting for Kelvin Sampson in, in Houston. Um, yeah. But it would not upset me if North Carolina won because, man, we are in, in Tar Heels country. Even in South Carolina, we're we're in Tar Heels country. Um, Yeah, listen to that. And then no one mentioned Auburn because they've been so up and down in Bruce Pearl, but they only only have six losses. And I'm I'm going to mention this one only because it makes me mad every day, and that is the men's team here in Columbia, South Carolina. I'm so sick of go Gamecocks with with the men and women. But I'm surprised that Lamont Parrish. Um, mm-hmm. Went shopping in the transfer portal and found himself a team, and they have twenty. They have twenty-two wins this year. That's that's just amazing to be considering how decimated that program was when Frank Martin left and how they looked last year. I don't know what they're going to do in the tournament, but um, again, I've seen that tournament play out 
and there's always mm-hmm. going to be somebody that comes out of the Cinderella story. Yeah. Um, for sure. So let's take a break here, and then we're going to come back on the other side and talk to NFL Combine, the offseason. I want to get your thoughts on Justin Fields, and, and they posted a video of him dancing in, in his kitchen. What does that mean? Did they tell him he's going to get traded? I don't know. Um, hold on right there. Never had a so good sports radio. We'll be right back. CampLyman.com is an opportunity for my big boys to come get some work. Let's put it all together. But we built from the ground up. You know, our cliche is it all starts up front. Once again, start, stance, hand placement, hand separation, get-offs, counter moves, a little bit of everything. Polish up those skills before your middle school or high school season began. Just come work on your craft. Once again, CampLyman.com. You're inside. Never had it so good sports radio. Join us live weekdays at 7 p.m. and on-site at Hills Barbershop on Fridays at 5 p.m. We make it easy to talk sports. Okay, and we're back with Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Again, if you missed our show on Sunday um, with We Know Track and Field in Olympian 1968, Norman Tate, um, in, the, in the triple jump, Make sure you listen to it. He was there, 1968. He knows Tommy Smith and John Carlos personally. Um, he was there when that happened, and they, he talks about how they flew in Jesse Owens to talk to all the African American athletes that night, and that they were trying to protest, but they couldn't figure out how to do that. He really goes through a lot, and he says John Carlos has really suffered. You know, his wife um, committed suicide because. John Carlos could not find work after that, and 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 wow. they, you know, just experienced so much opposition. There was so much in that interview on Sunday night at 7 p.m. with Norman, um, 1968 Olympian. If you get a chance, go listen to it. it. It really was good for me to hear. All right, gentlemen, it's 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 combine time. It's the NFL, and and Brittany and I say all the time that the off season of the NFL is just as interesting. Um, as it is building up to the regular season. Jason, um, I know you may have been working today. Um, do, do you DVR stuff? And, and what's your take on um, the combine and your favorite position to watch? Yeah, I was working, but Princess, I had it on as soon as I got home. I had a chance to, to watch uh, some of the defensive linemen running the 40s and, and going through some of their drills. And for me, my, my favorite position is watching the big guys. You know, it, it always yeah. impresses me when you can be 280, 300 pounds and run the way they do and cut the way they do. So I, I enjoy watching the big guys go through all the, the agility stuff. And just, I, I got to do it, Princess. I got to shout out my Penn State brother, Chop Robinson, oh, I knew it. who ran a full forward nine today in the 40. So he made himself some money for sure today. <laughs> and he was the top one. He was the top guy in the 40. He had the, had the um, as far as the linemen were concerned. Yes. Um, or defensive uh, side was concerned. So, yeah, congratulations. I knew you were going to do it. When I saw that Penn State, <laughs> I said, oh, it's, it's coming for sure. Um, Kevin? I'm going to start with you and your challenge that you said. I'm going to put it out there to America. You're going to do like Tom Brady, and you're going to run the 40. And, um, you know, we need some simulcast, though, so we need some tape from your, your temple days, and then we just need you to, you know, give us, give us a video. But you, I, I think that's pretty cool for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Tom Tom Brady inspired me. I don't I don't have any Never have it so to, good. We'll sponsor it. We'll put send some cameras out there. Yeah, you you can definitely keep up. I didn't have any tape or video of that back in the day at Temple because they they couldn't they couldn't keep up with me. It was too fast, but so ah, um they couldn't be yeah, no, I'm just kidding, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding, ladies. No, just kidding. No, but um, yeah, I am curious to know what I would run today, uh, you know, in the forty. Uh you know, my fastest time that I was clocked was four two nine. I know I'm I'll probably have the same number. Numbers, there's probably be a different order. There'd probably be like a nine two four or something like that. But <laughs> but uh, well, I'll be, I'm, I'm curious to see. You know, when I saw that, I said, yeah, this is very interesting. I, I think I might try it. I think I might do that. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, the combine. I mean, I, I love watching the combine. I'm, I'm more of the. You know, I'm a little opposite of, of Jay here. 
you know, former wide receivers. So I like to see the receivers, obviously, you know, see what type of footwork they have, how speed, you know, how, you know, what their route running looks like, how crisp that is, their hands, obviously, the 40 time, of course. You know, I, I, I did never understood why big men, they, they run the 40. I guess it's just, you know, because those, those big guys, the offensive linemen, they, they rarely run down the field, you know what I mean? So uh, we, we don't care. I don't, at least I don't care how fast you can run down the field, you know, unless you're, you know, you're pulling on a sweep or something like that. Um, things of that nature. But, yeah, the quarterbacks, the D-backs, the one-on-ones there, um, and the quarterbacks as well, for the most part, are, are my favorites. And, you know, the 40s. Um, and I like to see the receivers, you know, and, and you know, um, see how many times they can put up 225 because that's always interesting, especially from a receiver and a D-back because they're not known as being strong guys. But if you could put up, mm-hmm. you know, if you could put up 225, you know, 20-plus times as a skill position, that's, you know, that like Jay mentioned earlier with the with the big man running for 449, you could make some money there for sure. But that's what I like. And as far as watching it today, I didn't get a chance to watch it uh, today. I was. I'm back in the office now. I used to watch it every year when I was working from home, but now I'm back <laughs> in the office. So I didn't get a chance. I, I do have it on right now. I'm actually looking at it right now, though, uh, for sure. But those are my favorite. That's what I like about that. <laughs> yeah, I meant to mention to you, too, Kevin, that I DVR the the Clippers-Lakers game last night. So since you missed it and went to bed, of course I, if there's any way that I can – Send it to you, your DVR. I can my look at YouTube. We got this thing nowadays, uh, purchase called YouTube. You can you can look at <laughs> look at highlights of it, and they'll give you a breakdown, or they give you play by play, point by point of LeBron James. Trust me, believe me, I know. The he will full game, Kevin. I wanted to. Okay, all right, got this so thing I called. Do, I can do that as well. Yeah, yeah, you can watch okay. the full game on YouTube as well. Exactly. Okay. All right. All right. I won't do Let's it. Get back on set. <laughs> and there you have it, America. He will not do it for sure. <laughs> All right. So I want to talk about some moves. And, and, and I mentioned this as a teaser before we went to break about Justin Fields and, and what to do with him. Should, should Chicago keep him? You know, I've been saying all year, should Justin Fields keep Chicago? You know, they've proven right. this really to be a disorganized um, franchise. Um, Kevin, your thoughts about Justin Fields. Is he gone? And, and, and if he is gone, what's the best fit for him? Yeah, I hope he's gone because I, I like you mentioned, uh, Princess. I don't like the way they're treating this young man. You know, they did. You know, yeah. all he's done for this organization, and, and they, they're proven that they're they're not an organization that's willing to commit long term to turning this thing around. Every year, there's a new coach there. Every year, there's a new quarterback there. They did give uh, Justin Fields a little bit of help with with trading for DJ Moore, and I thought that you know um, that's just more so for the picks than anything. But it panned out for those guys. You see what a difference Justin Fields. Um, you know, was um, when he had a quality number one receiver in DJ Moore, um, and I hope I hope he's gone. I think he'll be gone. The best fit, uh, without question, is Atlanta. It's Atlanta. I, I think he, with with him being under the helm there in Atlanta with um, with Kyle Pitts and Dijon Robinson and Drake London um, and those guys, because they're they're a quarterback away from making some serious noise, especially in the South, if not the NFC. So I would love to see him there um, in 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 Atlanta uh, for that young man and and then for that organization as well. I know my my uh, my co-host uh, E Scott. This is Lee's favorite team of all time. <laughs> so, <laughs> He's not going to like that, you know, especially with it being a uh, Who That Nation fan. But, yeah, I, I mm-hmm. think that um, Justin Fields should be going. He should want to be out of there. I know he's come out and said the right things and said he wants to be there. Obviously, that's what you have to say. Um, but I think deep down inside, he wants to be he wants to be out of there because he doesn't feel respected there. And, uh, and again, Atlanta, I think, is the best fit for him. Yeah, I would I would love to see him there, Jason. The journey, um, born and raised in Georgia, and then, you know, played for the University of Georgia and the Bulldogs and told that he was not going to be the man. He transfers to Ohio State, does well, and then gets drafted to Chicago Bears. I just don't think they did enough to protect him from the beginning. Um, they finally got him some weapons. But um, I just think that Chicago has proven to be one of those organizations that has done, not done enough when they needed to do something. Um, but your thoughts about Justin Fields and where he should land, and do you agree with Kevin? Yeah, look, I, I think Chicago has done a really bad job taking care of this guy. I, I don't think they realize what they have. To yeah, me, he's, yeah. he's right on the cusp of really turning the corner as a quarterback in the NFL. And I know he's been a little bit inconsistent, but he has shown me enough 
of upside to say, I'm not ready to give up on this kid. I think he's going to be really good. I think the Bears are making a mistake because I don't believe that any of the guys that if they're thinking about going to the draft, to me, none of those guys are guaranteed that they're going to be better than Justin Fields is right now. But I do agree with Kevin. I, I think Atlanta would be the perfect fit. Uh, for Fields, it, it 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 just feels right, like the way Atlanta plays, the way the city is. I just think it it just feels like a match made in heaven. And to K Walk's point, Atlanta lost so many games in the last yeah. two and three minutes. They lost four or five games in the fourth quarter. And I just think if they had a quarterback that was competent and that could get things done, some of those games could have went the other way. So Fields in Atlanta sounds perfect to me. I, I hope he gets out of Chicago and gets a fresh start. Yeah, to quote Raheem Morris in his press conference, he said, I wouldn't be here if if there was better quarterback play last year. Yes. You know, yeah. and that's true um, for sure. So um, I, I think that's a good fit for him, a good city. He's comfortable with it, and he's back home. And, and you're right. I think he's shown me enough um, that he is right there. And I don't think there's anybody in the draft, including McCarthy and Caleb Williams, great thing, yeah. that are that, that are where he is right now. But for Chicago, for Justin Fields' sake, I hope Chicago makes another bad decision and send him on his way because I think they've had enough time um, to 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 do the right thing for sure. So yeah, send him on his way. You know, I used to like Sean. Peyton. I really did with, with the, the Saints and Drew Brees. I, I like that whole combination, but I'm not a Sean Payton fan because of the way this all pan out with Russell Wilson. I understand his business, and that's how it is sometimes. But, but Jason, tell me your thoughts about how this panned out when, you know, you heard that they went to him back in October and said, hey, renegotiate your contract or we're going to sit you. Um, and, and, and where we are now, where obviously that's not the fit they want, and Russell Wilson is out, will be on the market if he's not already. And what that means, where, where could he land? Yeah, Princess, I agree with you 100%. I used to be a Peyton fan. I, I yeah. get the business side of it where they're trying to move money around and all that, okay? But the way that he treated Russ on the sideline, mm-hmm. screaming in his yep. face like that. For me, I thought that was over the line. He he would not have done that to another high-level quarterback in the NFL. So I thought that was disrespectful. Um, I, I I think that the interesting thing is, like, when you look at Russ's numbers last year, he, he actually played pretty well. Like his numbers were mm-hmm. comparable to some of the better quarterbacks in football last year. So, you know, it, it's really just a narrative that starts to get created. Like Russ isn't playing well. Russ isn't doing this. Russ isn't mm-hmm. doing that. Look, and I know at the end of the day you have to win, and, and they just didn't win enough. But I, I think Russ still has a lot left. I would, I would like to see Russ maybe in Pittsburgh, you know, with Mike well, Tomlin. That's another team that just needs competent quarterback play. Yeah. And uh, I, I think Russ is still very capable of doing that. So I wouldn't mind maybe seeing Russ in Pittsburgh. Or if Justin Fields doesn't come to Atlanta, I think that could also be an opportunity for Russ as well. Uh, so I, I think there's going to be opportunities out there for him to continue to be a starter in the NFL. But obviously it's just not going to work out in Denver. Yeah. Yeah. When, when your coach is complaining about how you come out to practice, and that you spend too much time kissing babies and signing autographs. Yeah. There is no chemistry between you and your coach, and, 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 and that was the beginning of that. Yeah, I'd like to see him in Pittsburgh, but I'd like to see him get another opportunity. He played well enough, um, even in the midst of a lot of junk on that team, um, to, to, get a, to have another opportunity. Um, let, let's talk about hiring coaches and those that are out there. Like I mentioned Raheem Morris. Um, of course, there's – um, what's his name? Dan Quinn. That's the Commanders, and then of course there's Hobwall now um, with the Chargers. There, there's, there's some neat things out there, and we hadn't even mentioned the overhaul and the new look in in, in New England with Gerard Mayo. What, which one really piqued your interest, um, Kevin? Or did I, uh, Kevin? Did I give you a chance to answer the other one? No, it's okay. It's, it's quite all right. Yeah, no, I, I just agree. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, I just agree with. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I agree with Jay, everything that Jay said. And I, and I think, you know, yelling, you know, Sean Payton yelling at uh, Russell Wilson on the sideline during the game, we know there's tons of cameras around. I don't think that's the first time he yelled at um, at, at Russell Wilson, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think he's yelled at him before, and then that's why he probably did it, because he knew that Russell Wilson wasn't going to react. So, you know, then and, and I think that's why he did what he did. I don't like the way he was perceived. A lot of people, you know, on the outside looking in, you know, was saying that Russell Wilson, you know, has his own office, has his own you know, own uh, parking spot, all you know, all that good stuff. Uh, you know, Jason and I on the sideline speaks had um, an insider by the name of Brandon Cristal, who's a beat writer for the uh, for the Broncos, and he, he kind of he, he put that you know that that notion to bed, if you will, saying it's not like that. You know, you know, mm-hmm. you know, he's being perceived as not not being you know you know being a diva, if you will. Um, that's how he's perceived, and and, and Sean Payton. Um, there's just a, it's, it was this, you know, this this miscommunication uh, or whatever. They want the Russell Wilson to look worse than he is because they love Sean Payton and things of that nature. But um, I agree with Jay. I, I think that uh, Russ will be gone, and I think the perfect spot for him would be Pittsburgh because right now, you know, Pittsburgh has one guy, one quarterback on their roster right now because they don't have Mason Rudolph and they cut Mr. Trubisky. Um, a lot of people are saying that uh, Mason Rudolph will be back, but right now they only have Kenny Pickett there. So I think that's an excellent fit, uh, fit. Russell Wilson with Mike Tomlin. I think that's a no-brainer. I think that's a, a, a good of, a, a fit um, for them as it would be like Justin Fields um, in Atlanta. So, yeah, um, and I, he said he wants to stay again. He's saying the right thing, just like Justin Fields. He wants to stay there, and he wants to win two Super Bowls there. Um, I don't see either one of those happening, So um, even if he does stay. But nonetheless, he says he's saying the right things, and he's making himself you know, you know, know, look like the guy that, that a lot of people perceive him to be, but other people don't. But, um, yeah, I do like him going to Pittsburgh. That would be a uh, great fit there. <clears throat> And as far as the uh, the coaching goes, um, I I know he was the interim of last year, but I do like the the permanent hiring of um, Antonio Pierce and the Raiders. As much as I dislike the Raiders organization, you know, for obvious reasons, I'm a 49er fan, so you know we we don't like those guys on the other side of the uh, on the other side of the bay, if you will. Uh, well, actually, they're in Vegas now, so you know, <laughs> uh, in Vegas. So, but um, nonetheless, I, I think that's a good fit. Um, you know, I think what he did for that organization, the motivator that he is, you know, and, and he proved to be a, a great coach um, there as well. So he was well-deserving of that. I know there was a lot of different hirings, but this is my favorite by far because it finally gave an interim coach the opportunity to actually become the head and to take the interim tag off of that, um, you know, off of that title, if you will, because you rarely see that, especially with, a, you know, an African-American coach um, on top of that. So um, I, I was I was happy to see that for Antonio Pierce, not for the organization, though. Yeah, you know, um, I was I was happy to see that too, uh, and I was happy to see Gerard Mayo um, be you yeah. know in succession, and for Kraft to just come on out and said, okay, let's let's go ahead and overhaul this, and we're going to put out all of our eggs in Mayo's basket. Um, I was happy to see. Um, I think Raheem Morris is the, is the perfect yeah, I like those yeah. pick for Atlanta. Um, and there's some others. I'm just interested about Harbaugh. I just want to see how that quirkiness will, you know, um, come to roost again in the NFL. It didn't look so bad when he was with the 49ers. Sure um, enough, did. Very success, <laughs> successful for sure. Jason, your thoughts? Who, who's your pick here? Yeah, no, I was happy to see Raheem Morris get a second opportunity. He had that first opportunity when he was so young. It, it didn't work out. I was glad to see him cycle back around and get another opportunity. But I'm with you, Princess. Harbaugh is the most interesting to me because he's been yeah. out of the professional game for, what, five, six years now? The game moves fast, so it'll be interesting to see how quickly he can come back and get adjusted to the NFL uh game. So I, I'm really interested in watching to see how he does after being out of the NFL for, for multiple years. Yeah, I watched him at the Combine today, and he was very interested in his Michigan players and their 40 times they were on the defense, so you can see he still has some allegiance, but um, I think because they're, they're such a football family and his brother, I think he hung around them, and a part of some of his staff is now on Michigan and some of his staff, some of the other assistants went to, to charges, one or two of those. So 
I think it's such a, a, a big circle there. Um, I, I think he'll adapt pretty fast. I think he's a good coach um, with a winning formula. He did what he needed to do at Michigan, and that was it. Um, let's see, though, what happens in, in 2024-2025 season. I want to end on the on the quarterbacks. Who, who are you interested in? You know, I keep hearing Caleb Williams. Um, I keep hearing McCarthy. I keep hearing Drake May, who they compare a lot to Philip Rivers, who is his mentor. Um, um, your thoughts, Jason, I'll stay with you. What quarterback? Uh, most interesting is coming up in this draft because I'm sure one, two, three, we may see a quarterback though. Can I say I'm not interested in any of them? Right. I am not high on any of these guys. I think if it was a different year with a different draft class, these guys would not be people we were talking about in the first five picks of the draft. And what I'm about to say might be a little unfair to Caleb Williams, but I'm going to say it anyway. There's something about him that I, that I just don't like, and I, I can't pinpoint it, Princess. I don't know exactly what it is, but there's just something about him that makes me say, I don't know if it's going to work out for him in the NFL. And I hate to say this, but he reminds me a little bit of Ben Simmons in the NBA, maybe even of Zion <laughs> wow. Williamson, guys that love the idea of being a professional athlete, but maybe don't really love the sport that they're participating in, but they love the things that come along with it. He has that feel to me. I hope I'm wrong, but there's just mm-hmm. something about him that just feels a little bit off. So I don't really love any of them, Princess. I don't think any of them are going to be great quarterbacks in the NFL. Wow, wow. Let's get down to Michael Penix. Not him either? I think he has a shot as a developmental guy. I don't think he's going to come in right away and be great, but I think if he gets in the right system with the right coach and has the right time, maybe in year two or three you could see him have some success. Okay, okay. All right, Kevin, your your opportunity to talk about this. Caleb Williams' dad said to his agent that, he wanted him to put that offer out there. Whatever team gets him, then he becomes an, um, has a stake in the ownership too yeah. and comes yeah. to find out that's against NFL policy. Your thoughts yeah. about Caleb and the rest of them? Yeah, I'm, I'm in 100% in total agreement with, uh, with Jay here as far as Caleb uh, Williams goes. I just don't like like Jay said, I don't know what it is. We talked about this on Tuesday, uh, Princess, on our show, Sideline Speaks, Tuesday, 7 p.m. on YouTube. Uh, shameless plug there. But um, nonetheless, uh, well, I, yeah, there's something about him that, that I don't like either. I don't think this is a big, uh, you know, a, a big, um, a good quarterback class. I mean, obviously someone has to be the best out of this particular class, um, you know, but, you know, cause it's, because that's what it is. It's just it's, they're, they're next up, uh, if you will. So as far as um, asking for ownership, yeah, I, I don't see any quarterbacks. I don't see the, any teams out there that would give you know give him that opportunity, man. Someone's going to draft him. I don't think he should go first uh, overall. Maybe the first quarterback mm-hmm. taken. But I am high. Um, I'm not high on Penix, but I'm very interested to see what type of career he has. Because like Jay said, I think he'll probably be a serviceable quarterback at best. Um, I like him, you know, I liked him, you know, in, in, in that Washington team this past year. Um, I thought, you know, just the way his deep balls, the way he's able to, his accuracy, you know, going downfield with that ball. He's got a, as they like to call it, the, the coaches, he's got a hose, you know, of an arm, um, you know, left-handed. And it, it, it looks it looks pretty to me. But, um, yeah, I, I don't see him being uh, a big-time quarterback in the NFL. I don't see any of these guys being a big-time quarterback in the NFL, to be, well, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I really don't. This is something, like, like Jay said, there's something about this class that I'm not high. Maybe Bo Nix. I think Bo Nix may be a little uh, – he probably would – I think he's going to have the better career out of this class, if, if you have to ask me that. Because I just think that, you know, his as long as he's been playing, been playing for nine years, it seems like. So he's going to have, you know, he's going to have the, the, the experience and, 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 and as far as games being played. So I think if you had to ask me, Bo Nix is going to have the best career out of these guys. And, again, I'm not high on Caleb Williams at all. Wow. Wow. And you know what? I, I felt the same way. It's amazing that there's something about Caleb Williams that, that I don't know. It just kind of rubs me the wrong way. It seems like yeah. this last year. I thought he should have come out, come out last year because he played this year 
like he was an NFL in waiting. And he really, I, I, I thought he didn't do what he could, or maybe it was the defense, and they're definitely going to have to fix that at USC. So we're going to leave it right there. Gentlemen, thank you. I appreciate awesome. this. This was awesome. Thank you. For sure. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, anytime, anytime. The sideline speaks, Jason and, and Kevin and Brittany um, Jones on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m., correct? That is correct. Appreciate awesome, 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 awesome. <laughs> uh, hey, I, I don't mind plugging and promoting you all at all. I, I love you guys, and I'm really am proud of what you all have, have created. So thank you very much for being on. Yeah. Tonight at 9 o'clock, the, the, the Gamecock women play Arkansas. Right now, Tim Moore, Notre Dame is on against Virginia Tech. And just in case yeah. for you, um, tomorrow night we're going to watch Thomas Epps and um, the Crossroads where life and sports intersect. And then on April 7th, we're launching Just Gay on Sundays where they'll talk about sports a little bit and a lot of other things. Guys, thank you so much. I appreciate you all, okay? All right. Thank all right, you. Thanks. Take care. Never had it so good. Sports Talk Radio.